Welcome to New Generation Church with Pastor Eddie Medina. Welcome everyone to New Generation Church and everyone watching live with us also. We welcome them, our family in Christ, those who are part of the family of Christ. And this morning, um, church, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your prayers as we pray for one another as a church. Amen. And today we're going to continue in the book of Jonah. And my desire is that I finish the book today. That is my desire. And I. So if you will go with me this morning in Jonah chapter 3, um, verse 4. Jonah chapter 3, verse 4. I want to welcome everyone if it's your first time. Thank you for being with us this morning. We are here to serve you. Praise God. Jonah chapter 3, verse 4. And amen when you have it. Praise the Lord. Amen. And it reads, And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. The New Living Translation says, Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. And it says in verse 5, So the people of Nineveh believed God. Chapter 3, God had given Jonah another opportunity because we read last week that God, the Lord came to Jonah the second time. And we preach on how God is a God of second chances. You know, maybe the first time we don't listen. And by the second time, many do. How many know that some listen up to the 20th time? But God is still good. Amen? And we're going to see how God works in our lives. God works differently with everyone. And the great thing about this is that God, no doubt that what God has started in your life, he will finish it. And thank God that God is working on us. God's doing a work in us. And so the second time Jonah stood up, the Bible says, and the Bible says that Jonah entered the city on the first day's walk. So he goes into the city and right away he gets to work. 
And he says, Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown, or it will be destroyed. So Jonah cried out, he preached to Nineveh, he gave the message. And last week we preached about how, how will they hear if there is no preacher? And here the moment that Jonah delivered the message, he cried out to the city of Nineveh. The Bible says in verse 5, we see the results. It says in verse 5 that the people of Nineveh believed God. How many know that there's still many people out there that need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? And we see the results that they believed God. And out of that, there was results. It doesn't say, but we can only imagine that God somehow visited that place to the point where they believed him. And the Bible says that right away, that what did they do? They proclaimed a fast. Notice, you're going to notice that in the scripture, you don't see the word repentance. But the Bible does say that they believed God. And as we see, the word repentance is not there. But we do know that the word repentance means a change of mind or change of direction. But see, repentance, the word repentance or to repent, it always shows or it teaches us that it's something you do. It's something you do. It's not just thinking. It's something you do. In other words, there's action to it. When someone repents, there's an action to it. And right away we see that Nineveh, when they believed God, there was an action that took place. What was the action? Well, first is that they proclaim a fast. How many know that God, God really, really has to touch you to, to fast? Not everybody's going to fast just because. Even Jesus taught, he said, when you fast. He didn't say if you fast or when you, he said when. In other words, he's expecting or knowing that his children will fast. But see here, what I want to get to is that they repented because they believed God. How did they believe in God? It's because they heard the message. The good news. This morning, you're here this morning, and you're what? You're hearing the message of God. The good news, the message of God. The message that we preach now under the new covenant, the new testament, is that the Lord Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. Amen. And that God raised them from the dead. 
and that now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. So the message is being preached. And now more than anything, we need to hear the gospel, the message, the good news. So we see that right away they proclaimed a fast. And it says, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Now that's powerful, church. It wasn't just the adults. The Bible says, from the greatest to the least of them. That means that the, from the oldest to the youngest, everyone began to fast. What does that mean? That means that they did not eat. Literally, it means to cover over your mouth. It's like you're not going to eat. That's what I'm saying that when Jonah, he delivered the message, right away, the people of Nineveh, they received the word that Jonah brought forth. And because of that, because they believed the word, they heard the word, they proclaimed a fast. And the Bible says, from the greatest to the least of them. They didn't eat. How many know that fasting, it's powerful when you do it unto the Lord? I'm going to put it real simple. When you fast, you will hear God more clearly. You will be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God will minister to you. God will speak to you in the areas that you and I need to be worked on. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. That's because even, hear me, even the secular world will tell you. Did you hear me? The secular world, them that don't, some that do not believe in God, or they do in their own way, they tell you that when you fast, let's just say an intermittent fast, they say that you're, you get a clear mind. You think clearly. You're not sluggish. You're not tired. You are effective. Why? Because you have a clean, clear mind. So imagine now when this fast is unto God. So they said, you know what? No one is going to eat. And I can assure you that they began to hear of God, be sensitive to God, and what God was about to do. And it says they put on their sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Which, what does that mean that they put on their sackcloth? Because even when you go down in verse 6, it says that they also, the king, he sat... They sat in their ashes. These were signs of mourning or public signs of repentance that they practiced in the Old Testament. It was a sign that showing that there were what? Fasting. Even Jesus in the New Testament, he says, hey, when you fast, he says, change your face. Comb your hair. Look clean, shave. Like if nothing has, is happening. You know, you got people that will tell you, oh, brother, 
I've been fasting for a hundred days. What Jesus is saying, don't go out there telling everyone. There's nothing wrong if you go somewhere and they're eating and they ask you, would you like to eat? And you say no and they insist, come on. And you tell them, brother, I'm in a fast. There's nothing wrong with that because you're letting them know. It's wrong when you're out there publicing it to everybody. Brother, how do I look? Do I look skinnier? Do I look better? The fast is unto the Lord. So everything was... Nineveh, right away, everyone, the whole city. That's like saying, all of us here this morning, we began to fast, no eating. You know, people get mad when they don't eat. Get angry. And guess what happened? When that happened, the word, the Bible says in verse 6, the word came to the king of Nineveh. It got to him. How many know that everything rubs off? It's neutral. If it's in the bad, the bad. If it's in the good, it's the good. And the Bible says, look what the Bible says. Look at verse 6. The word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself, there it is again, with sackcloth and sat in ashes. These are signs of mourning, public signs that they're what? That they're showing repentance. And it says in verse um, 7. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his noble saying. Look what he says. Now get this. Verse, verse 7. Let neither man nor beast herd nor flock Taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. Now notice it doesn't say how many days. But some believe that it might have been less than three days, three or four days at the most. Because you can't be without liquids after three, four days. Now notice that it wasn't just man, it was also the animals. Imagine you fast and your dog fast. Your cat is fasting. That's, I mean, think about it. I'm not making that up. It's in the Bible. He says everyone is going to fast. All the beasts, all the flock, they're not going to taste anything. They're not going to eat. They're not going to, it says, or drink water. Wow. 
You know, I laugh sometimes when I read or make it, people make a big, well, when you fast, you know, can, can you drink coffee and with two of those little sugar, the, the creamers? How about that, that, that pink sugar? No, 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 you're, you're. And look what it says. Here it is, church. I want you to get this. But let man and beast be covered with cyclops and cry mightily to God. See, that's the purpose of fast for God is that you don't eat and you give much, as much as you can, time to be alone with God. You cry out to God. You seek God. You let God work in you. You let God work in your heart. You let God work in your mind. You let God work in your body. It's, I mean, you're just letting God do the work in you that God will change you and God will change me. In what way? Well, the Bible says, let everyone turn from his evil way. That's what the Bible says that us, we have a sin nature. Our body, or we have a sin nature. A sin nature is one that rebels against God. I can assure you that this morning, your body would rather stay in bed than to be here this morning. It's a battle. So fasting is a blessing. And he says, yes, everyone turned from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. That's the reason why, I'm going to bring this in. That's why Jonah didn't want to go preach at Nineveh. Because Nineveh, the people from the Assyrians, were enemies of Jonah's people. And Jonah knew that God is a God of mercy. In other words, Jonah, let's just say he kind of had an idea what God was going to do. But how many know that there's times that we're not God, he is God. And that's the reason why they were evil. And it says in verse 9, look what he says in verse 9. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And it says in verse 10, then God, look what it says, God saw their works. In other words, God saw that they fasted, they didn't eat, God might have, he's seen the repentance. He, I mean, how many know that God knows all about you? God knows all about me. 
I can assure that God knew that they truly repent and that there was no more evil in them. That's what the Bible says. Then God saw their works. How many know, I'm going to say it again, how many know when we fast unto the Lord, it's a work. We, see, many times, hear me church, what I'm going to say. Many times we say, I want to change. I want to be different. I want to be a different father to my kids. I want to be a different husband towards my wife. I want to be a, just a different person. How many know that there's got to be some action in that? I mean, we can say it all day till we turn blue. I want to change. I want to change. I want to be different. I want to be different. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. But you got to have faith in God. And trust God that God can do it. And he is doing it. And God will do it. Even in the New Testament, James chapter 2 verse 14 says, What does it profit? Look what he says. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? See, a lot of us, we say, well, I have faith, but there's no works. In other words, there is no action. You ever, you ever hear people? You know, I, I believe. Show me your works. Show it. You know how we sometimes says, uh, you, you tell your wife, uh, look, honey, I'm, I'm going to change. This is it. I'm going to change. I'm going to be different. Or either way, or maybe the wife needs some changing. Amen? Maybe the wife needs to change. Um, honey, that, that's it. You know, I'm never going to disrespect you. I'm going I'm to I'm give you the, the respect, the honor as the head of the house. See, we can say it, but now let's show it. Seek God. You know, may, maybe, you know, spend more time with God. Maybe, you know, fast till noon. And, and that time you seek God, you don't eat and you just hear God minister to you, speak to you. Or you listen to a message or, you know, you, you pray, you're praying. And while you're praying, God is changing things, but he's also changing you. The Bible says, and let me say this, church, God sees your works. Anything you do unto the Lord is never in vain. God will always reward you and God will honor you when you show works. The Bible says, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? So this is one of the ways is when we come to the house of God because I believe the importance of being in the house of, the God, of, house of God is to come praise God. 
Give him glory, honor, give thanks to the Lord, and you hear God minister to you. So God saw the words that they turned, look what it says, from their evil way. And you know what, church, that is the most important thing is that God knows that you have turned from your evil ways. Maybe it's not very evil for you, but maybe there's an area in your life that needs to change. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So, wow, that means that because they proclaimed a fast, the king, the whole city, it's like saying God changed his mind. Of course, God sent the preacher, he sent Jonah. But notice now, chapter 4, I'm going to go through this real quick. You would think that Jonah would be excited, joyful, because the whole city had repented from their wicked ways, and now they've, they had surrendered to God. You would think that Jonah would celebrate and say, you know what, praise God. God used me as his vessel. But guess what? Jonah was mad. The Bible says he was angry. It says, verse 1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. Let's put it this way. Jonah became angry because God was being merciful to them. Because the Assyrians and Nineveh were enemies of Jonah. In other words, Jonah would rather have seen or he wanted to see that God would finish with that city. You're going to understand the message right now. And you know that happens a lot in the church. church. God tells you to do something according to his word but we would rather see something else happen to someone. You'd be surprised. People celebrate the downfall of other people in the church. They lost their job. See, that's what they get. Something broke. Oh, see, I told you. Jonah, you, you would think a whole city and the king fasted, repented, changed from their wicked ways. You would think that Jonah would say, praise God. But the Bible says that it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. See, that's why church, when someone is blessed, we celebrate with them. Don't hate. Don't be a hater. If someone in your job gets a promotion, don't hate. Be wise and work harder and smarter. 
And you talk about why, why is he going to raise? Well, brother, you're always late. Never show up. Calling it in sick. When you're not even sick, you're healthier than everyone. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and, and look how far Jonah, I mean, I just want you to see this. Verse 2 says, so, <laughs> oh, Lord, he says, so he prayed. He's mad. He's angry. But, and he still prays to the Lord. So he prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country, in my city? He says, therefore, that's why I fled previously to Tarshish. Look, I want you to get this. When I heard that, I, I thought, you know, Jonah knew the God whom he served. That he's a merciful God. He's a loving God. Anytime that someone repents. So Jonah knew it was coming. That's why church, you know, when we see people that who depart from the church or they depart from God, we ought to rejoice and celebrate that they are back to the Father. That they are back to God. That they are back in the house of God. We should celebrate. We should rejoice just like the prodigal son's father. When he was out there getting dirty, living in sin, he didn't want nothing with God until he came back. The, his father was there waiting for him. And, and look, look what Jonah says. He says, in verse 2, for I know, oh hallelujah, he says, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. Did you hear that church? Don't forget, God is a gracious and merciful God to anyone who calls upon God. Jonah knew. The Nineveh, the Assyrians, those were enemies of God and, and of them. And Jonah, he thought, you know what, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to preach a sermon. And I know they're not going to repent. And God is going to finish with them. And it didn't go that way. Why? Because they did repent. And they what? And they got right. They turned from their wicked ways. And it's sad that sometimes we rather see people not change, come back to the Lord. And, you know, we rather see them be doomed. Church, let me say that's not of God. That's not of God. Because you and I, even ourselves, we have our struggles. We have our own battles. Amen? We have our own battles. We got people that we know that are not serving God right now. 
And let me tell you something. All we would want is that they be back with Jesus. That they would repent of their sins. That they would get right with God. And they'd be serving God in the house of the Lord. Raising up their hands to the Lord. Praising God. Hallelujah. One of the things that I've learned is like you can only do so much. We're called to love people. We're called to extend the hand. And if they're willing, God will do the work in them. But if they're not willing, they don't want the help, God can't do anything. But in the meantime, we can still believe God and pray for them. Pray for them. And anytime we see them, we give them a word of encouragement. He says, one who relents from doing harm. Then look at verse 3. Verse 3. I'm going to finish it off, church. Verse 3. Look what he says. Therefore now, O Lord. Look, oh my gosh. Look what he says. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life. From me. I believe that Jonah was too caught up just because things did not go the way he wanted. You know people like that? They'll be upset. They'll be mad when things don't go the way they want them to be. Even in the church. He was upset. It was so bad. He was so focused on that God was merciful to Nineveh that he lost, I believe, that he lost what God had called him to do. His, his purpose, his vision. He was too caught up just thinking, not believing that, you know, God was compassionate and merciful to that city. So much, that's why, hear me church, it's, kind of, it's a little bit out, but it just came to me right now. That's why people that take their lives is because they don't have a purpose. They'd rather not live. They'd rather take away their life. They might be depressed, oppressed, just thinking about one thing. Jonah, the Bible says, Oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. In other words, he was saying, I'd rather die and not see. That's basically saying, I'd rather not see and live how, you know, you're going to deliver these people. These are my enemies. Church, may God help us not to have that heart. God wants to save everybody. It doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter their background, their education. God, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Shall not perish, but have ever, look what it says, but have everlasting life. 
and I love God because God always has a sense of humor. Look what God tells them in verse 4. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? <laughs> is it right for you to be angry? Well, did you know that the Bible says you can be angry? Did you, did you know that? You can be angry. There's people, oh, I never get angry. Ah, oh, trust me, I bet you you get angry when nobody's watching you. Look what the Bible says. In the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, 27, it says, Be angry and do not sin. See, you go be angry, but don't go out and sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Why? 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 You shouldn't be angry and sin and not permit the sun to go down on your wrath. Paul says, nor give place to the devil. The devil likes it, loves it. When you're angry. No. When you stay and continue to be angry, the devil loves it. That's why he says, be angry, but do not sin. <laughs> and God tells Jonah, the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Look what the Bible says, verse 5. Verse 5, so Jonah went out of the city. <laughs> Look what it says. He went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. So he gets out of the city and he goes and sits down. And he's just watching. See what's going to happen. He's just waiting. You know, may, may, maybe... You know, maybe God will finish with the city. Maybe not. He's just waiting. You, you got people that get too busy in other people's businesses. Just waiting. Let's see. Let's see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let's see how long they're going to last. Look, they're dating. Look. Look, that new job. Let's see how long it's going to last. Jonah was outside of the city, and he's what? He's just waiting. He sat down. He's just kicking back, maybe just watching, looking at the city, what's about to happen. And the Bible says, look at, see, this is what I love about God, that even God was not only merciful and compassionate to Nineveh, God was compassionate and merciful to Jonah. How do I know? Because look what the Bible says. Verse 6, when he's outside in the city, sitting down, it says, And the Lord God prepared a plant. You're going to notice in the Bible, church, listen, how God is a God that prepares. In the Bible, we saw that God prepared what? A great fish. Number two, God prepared a plant. Number three, God prepared a worm. Number four, God prepared 
or when. God is a God who prepares. How many know that God is preparing you and me? We don't understand why. Why, you know, I'm going through this. God's preparing you. I'm going to say it again. God is preparing you. I don't know about you, church, but I know. I know that I need some work done in my life. You might not admit it, but I need work. God's preparing me. God is preparing me. And the Bible says that God prepared. Look what he says right there in verse 6. He prepared a plant and made it come over Jonah. Who does that? God just told them, do you have a right to get angry, Jonah? But that just shows God's mercy. God prepared a special plant for what? To give him shade. It says, the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over who? Jonah. Look what it says. That it might be shade for his head to deliver him. Oh, look what he says. To deliver him from what? To deliver him from what? What does it say? From his misery. Do you get it, church? You might be in, in a misery right now, and God is throwing little Little nuggets, little hints. Just like he prepared that plant. He says, you know what? I'm going to prepare that plant and I'm going to give him some shade. I mean, sometimes, church, I want you to see this. Sometimes... We don't see the little small details every day of how good God is in your life. Even in your anger and in your misery, you can still see the hand of God in your life. Just think about it. Just take time to see how good God is. And you think, no, what, what I got is because of me. No, it's because of God. My job, my house, my health, this, this, and that. You start naming, name dropping. It's all because of the mercy and grace of God. You and I have. It's because of God. You know, there's times that I'll be sitting down and, you know, um, and I'm sure you've been through where, you know, you, it could be either way. You might feel, you know what, oh, I feel great and, you know, everything's well. And, or maybe it could be one of those that, you know what, I don't know what to do. It's hard. I, and then, Sonny, there's a fly all over you just bugging you, just bugging you, messing with you. And you try to kill and you can't kill it. Sometimes just think, look at God. God just, you know, God's just, he sent that fly just to, you know, make me laugh or to get, you know, you know, because God has a sense of humor, church. 
Nothing, the Bible says that nothing moves without God's permission. Nothing. And see, this whole time, you know, God puts people around your life that you don't like. But see, it's a plan of God. It's a plan of God because God is preparing you. God is preparing you. Look at the Apostle Paul. You know, there was a thorn in his flesh. And God sent that plant. Notice. And notice it says, so Jonah was very, I caught this when I was reading. He says, Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Notice that he was grateful for the plant, but it doesn't say that he was grateful to God for the plant. Church, everything we do, everything we have, it's because of God. Even when you're convinced and you think, you know, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that. The Bible says every blessing, every gift from above, it comes from him. And look at verse 8. Or verse 7, I'm sorry, verse 7, look real quick. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared. There's that word again, what? Prepared. Now he prepared what? He prepared a worm. Who, I mean, only God can do it. He prepared a worm. And it so damaged what? What did it damage? The plant. That it withered. So God prepared a plant. God prepared a worm. And that worm damaged the plant that God had prepared. Do you get the picture, church? God is in control. I know, I know that, you know, you don't like... You know, why God? Why, 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 why? Why me? Why, why? Why am, am I in this position? God's preparing you. God, God wants to do a work in you, church. God wants to do a work in your heart. And you still don't get it. You still want to be you. Nobody's going to change me. You hear that all the time. That's the way I am. Well, keep being the way who you are. Keep being the way who you are. <laughs> so God sent the worm, the worm ate the plant, but it gets better. And it happened when the sun arose that, oh, there it goes again, God prepared a vehement east wind. And the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished, there, there it goes again. There he wished what? Death for himself. Are you getting the picture, church? He's not surrendering yet. He says, he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live I'm going to say this church trust me when you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ 
when you are walking with God, when you love God, when you have a vision, when you know you have a purpose in life, you don't want to die. You want to live unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Even Paul said, for me, he says, for me to live is Christ. But then he said, and to die is gain. What, are he, what he's saying is that if he's here on earth, if God is still giving him years of time on earth, he says, I'm going to live my life for Jesus. I'm going to give it all for Jesus because I know my calling. I know my purpose. But he says, but if God said it's time to leave, he says, let's go. It's a gain. What's the gain? Everlasting life. That you know that when you die, you will die in Christ Jesus. And you have everlasting life forever and ever in the presence of God. And it's sad that people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ are getting lost without Christ. Then God said to Jonah, verse 9. Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? <laughs> and he said, is it right for me to be angry even to death? Look at verse 10. But the Lord said, you've had pity on the plant. Look what he tells him. Like saying you're, you're too worried, you're too focused on the plant. He says, you have pity on the plant for which you have not labored. Like saying, why, why do you worry about it? You didn't, you didn't put the plant. You didn't work for it. I put the plant there. He says, nor you made it grow. You didn't make it grow. I made it grow so that you can get shade. And it says, which came up in night and perished in night. And then he says in verse 11, and should I not pity Nineveh? See, this is, here's a, here it is, church. God permitted Jonah to go through all that. The plant, the worm, the wind, and the whole time God said, God prepared. God prepared. And God prepared. And he tells them right here in verse 11. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more, look what he says, more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. So I finish right here. God showed mercy to Jonah through what? Preparation. And church, focus on you and your relationship with God. Everything, God is preparing something for your life. He wants the best in your life. Remember in Jeremiah when God, the potter and the clay, how the Bible says, God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, go to the shop where they do clays. And the Bible says he gets there and he found the potter working at his will. But the jar he was making did not turn out 
it did not turn out as he hoped for. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. See, that's what God does in your life and my life. When God sees that he's preparing and he says, you know what? He needs a little bit more of work or she needs a little bit of more of work. How many know we need work? Amen. And for sure, some need more work. Don't say, don't say quiet on me, church. I said some need more work than others. <laughs> Over. <huh? laughs> but the good thing is that in Jeremiah it says, and he started over. Hallelujah. Hey, church, as long as he's starting over in me, praise God. Amen. It doesn't say that he put everything away and he threw it in the trash. It's no good. No. He just started over. God is a God of second chances, church. These were the last words of Jonah recorded in this book, but thankfully they are not the last words of the book. God is mercy and compassionate, and God is still was working in Jonah, how God is still working in us. Amen. So, church, I just wanted to finish the book today. But in the whole message, church, just look at your life. Our actions, what we say the people around us focus on you and God let God do the work in you amen let God do the work in you and me God is preparing I'm believing God is preparing something great for your life because the Bible says that he has good plans for your life not of evil but of good so you got to believe that God is doing something great in your life this morning amen so please stand church stand with me this morning Gracias por acompañarnos en el mensaje de hoy que fue transmitido desde la Iglesia Nueva Generación. Para más información, visiten nuestra página de internet en sngchurch.com.